to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. The podcast that dives deep into the stories of God's redemption. 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 This week, all things fall into place. And I would just work hard and kind of leave it up to God in a sense. And it seemed like I'd always have somebody come through that wanted to be a part of what I was doing. John Short on Faith in the Fast Life. Give our podcast a follow and check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Check out FastLifeMinistries.com to partner with us and keep our podcast going. Now let's get into the episode. So yeah, with, without further ado, here we are, Faith in the Fast Life, uh, continuing our Supercross series here. We got John Short with us today. It was a, it was a little tough to catch John at the races as uh, you know he was just doing good. He was qualifying for the main. He was busy riding a 450. He was, he was doing fantastic. So didn't get to meet up with you at the Supercross, but we got you here on the Zoom call uh, a few weeks later after a, a little surgery, after the Utah, all those great things, man. And we're just honored to have you here, John. Thank you for doing this with us. And, man, this is just like everything else, like unscripted. Don't know where God will take this, but let's just hear your story. So tell us about John. Oh, man, yeah, first off, uh, it was it was awesome to meet you in, in uh, Colorado and uh, the hospitality and everything and getting to uh, – uh, I don't know. It was just cool seeing, seeing you do the podcast and the trailer. I was just like on the spot, you know, just interviewing people and um, getting their story. But um, yeah. So, so more about me. I, I don't know how if you just want it from from the start or or what. Yeah, dude, but, t- tell uh, us. I mean, let's just people just want to hear. Like, I, we we want to hear how how did you get into racing? Where did that come from? And and how's your relationship with Christ been through all of that? You know, highs, lows. Maybe there's a big story. Maybe there's maybe it's just a a steady grind going but yeah yeah um yeah so uh obviously um when i was younger maybe probably three years old uh my dad put me on a pw50 with with training wheels in the backyard in the city and uh that was my first experience on a motorcycle i uh i hit the fence right out of the gate and um but it, i was hooked after that i actually learned how to ride that before i learned how to ride my bicycle so um, since pretty much day one, I've been just like infatuated with motorcycles. Um, but yeah, I started racing just for fun at a young age at five, six. And, um, but it was always just fun. We, we grew up being a family thing. My, my mom and dad would both take me to the races and we were really into, uh, the off-road side of racing more than anything. We didn't do motocross or anything like that. Um, so I did that until I was probably 12, 13, I just rode off, raced off road. So when uh, you, you say know, off road, are you talking like like enduro style stuff or like uh, like Baja style? Um, like around here in Texas, we call it cross country, but it's like a, like what you would see, yeah, enduro or the GNCC series. Okay, that style of racing, just um, through the tight trees, open trees, creeks, woods. It's no man made obstacle. You know, hour and a half, two hour races. Um, you know, you, sh- you know, you're going to go to the week, go to one of those events on a weekend and you're going to get four or five hours of riding between practice and racing. So it's really a fun family thing around here in North Texas. But, um, I, I got into it. We got into that and it was, um, I always kept up with the Supercross series, motocross series, the professional side of it. And, um, 
in my head that was like, man, that would be just a dream of mine. And so when I was 12, 13, I, I kind of just told my dad, that's what I wanted. That's what I want to race. I want to go race motocross. And uh, I was more serious than everybody around me at the cross country events. You know, I'm showing up all serious, trained, and everything else is just kind of in, enjoying the weekend. But um, so, yeah, um, we grew up when I was 12, got into motocross 13. And then um, I told my dad I wanted to pursue Loretta Lynn's. Uh, I think that's most young kids do. And so um, I, I took a stab at that when I was 14, 15, I'm going to say 15 and um, went, went there on a super mini. Anyways, I, I did that for, for consecutive years, super mini schoolboy class did a few years in my head. I think everybody probably thought I was crazy, but in my head, I wasn't that good really growing up at all in my head though. I had like a plan, like I'm going to race a year of super mini, a year of B schoolboy, And then I'm turning pro, you know, when, after the, those four years. So, um, it was, it was, it was an experience to say the least because I'd come home from school and all, I didn't like want to hang out with friends or anything. Like I was all about writing. Mm -hmm. I get off school, I'm writing, you know, I'm going to go before school and go to the gym. And that was just kind of something that was wired in me. I don't know why that was more fun, but, um, so, you know, but along the way, you know, when I was uh, maybe 13, 14, we started getting into the motocross thing. I started training with, with, with a trainer and everything was getting really serious. You know, we had some family issues, um, you know, parents got divorced, uh, among other things that stretched us financially um, to where really we didn't have the means. And it, you know, obviously a lot of stretched us mentally. Everybody was not on the same page. So uh, tell us, let's, let's cut back in here for just a second. I, I, sorry, yeah. I'm going to do this a lot to you. So no, in that, so before the parents divorce, do you guys go to church? Are you guys believers? You, are you raised in youth groups and church and, and with Christ? Yeah. So that's kind of funny you say that. I, um, my parents actually growing up, uh, my, my grandma's, you know, a huge believer. Uh, my parents actually were a part of the youth group um at our local church and we lived in gainesville texas um so they ran the youth sector of our church family life church in gainesville and so yeah that was kind of a normal i guess every every wednesday night every sunday morning we were at church um so but it was kind of one of those deals like you just felt like that's what you were supposed to do it wasn't like i really had a i guess a connection relationship you know? yeah yeah, it wasn't like I was really involving myself. I just, hey, that's what we did on Sundays. That's what we did on Wednesdays. My friends are there. Cool. You know? Yeah, so so with that, so that's what you're doing. You're not necessarily having your own relationship with Christ, but it's it's just a it's a go-to, right? So it's it's religious, if you will. You religiously go to that every Wednesday night and every Sunday, but maybe didn't build the relationship with Christ. So so now as we move forward, you're you're doing the racing, you're doing the church. And your parents mm -hmm. get get divorced. What does that do to a young man? What is what are you thirteen years old at this point? Uh, I was I was fifteen when when one of my parents got divorced. Okay. So at fifteen years old, you're starting to really you're racing Loretta Lynn's, you're doing these other things, and your parents get divorced. I and mean, obviously, it's a very traumatic situation for any child. You know, did you get closer to Jesus? Did you find a relationship at that point, or or was it complete the other direction? Or did you just dive even further into motorcycles? Tell us more. Yeah, so, um, right, you're exactly right. Like, it was just a religious thing I did, right? 
what I did, I wasn't seeking out the Lord. I wasn't doing any of that. I mean, I was pretty young too. Um, but yeah, when my parents got divorced, you know, the family focus went from racing to damn what doing whatever they're doing. And, uh, it was definitely hard. And I think, um, even at that point, I didn't go seeking out the Lord. I was more, um, to block everything. Cause I, I, I quit going to school at that time. I was right around the time we got serious and I was going to go homeschool, you know, and among the divorce, there were some other family issues. I, I don't necessarily want to want to bring up, but, um, people around, you know, I was trying to stay out of the public area, uh, just because of things that were happening in my family. And so, um, I felt myself like really alone. That was the first year I started doing homeschool kind of coincidentally. Um, and uh things weren't great at home so yeah that what i did was i I just kind of buried myself into putting all my focus into writing and training as an outlet honestly um and you know it's fun i'm not gonna say it isn't fun but uh so as i think we all we all do that at some point right like it's i mean it's obviously god sitting there with his arms wide open waiting for us to take refuge in him and, uh, but at 15 years old, I mean, everybody knows my story. I, I didn't know that till 35 years old. So, um, but you know, for you, 15 years old, like, of course, like, I mean, I guess in some ways, if this stayed a healthy habit for you, you know, maybe that was a good place for you to be, but tell us more. Yeah, so exactly. So, um, I obviously wanted to continue to race, right? I, my, I would ride my motorcycles at home till they broke because I didn't, we couldn't go to the track. So kind of, but at, at that time, it was honestly also a good thing for me because I was very dependent on my parents uh, as far as doing everything, motorcycle work, uh, just, you know, I was along for the ride. So uh, for me to want to continue to race, I had to, you know, work part-time, uh, you know, I had to kind of grow up a little bit. Um, and that was honestly a good experience. I had to learn how to do all my own motorcycle work. Um, and, but through that, I had to kind of develop a bit of faith, right. And believe, you know, if it's meant for me to go do X, Y, and Z, if it's meant for me to go do this race, I'm going to put my best effort in, whether it's working, whether it's training and the opportunity will rise if it was meant to be. Um, and that's kind of, I guess the outlook I started to develop as a, as a young, or, or, you know, as an older teenager trying to, uh, make things happen, um, you know, without necessarily the means to do it. Right. So how did that go? I mean, so obviously you're, you're racing in the pro class now. Did, uh, I mean, you say you started to get faith and, and were, when you say you got faith in that, you had to trust in something, but were you trusting in God to provide for that? Or was that just kind of like, well, I mean, will the universe provide, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely like, I, I, I didn't still didn't have like, you know, a daily relationship with, with the Lord. But, um, I definitely had those moments where it was like praying to God, you know, um, not like out of desperation, but like, you know, cause at that time also I started doing training, training with other riders, younger riders as a way to make a little cash. And I started doing some of the FCA camps, you know, the fellowship Christian athlete. And so through that, that kind of, um, opened my eyes a little bit, um, wow, there's something greater than motorcycles. There's something greater than this, than family, than all that other stuff, you know, something to, to look for. That, uh, so how old are you at that point when you're doing those FCA camps? Uh, man, I was, you know, 16 or so, 16, 17, you know, 
so it's just in that that, that period there that kind of where I'm in I'm in school kind of um uh, almost an adult not really but you know kind of right. figuring things out I love that I mean I love that as the FCA camps that got you obviously we're we're big supporters of FCA here and uh heavily involved with them locally and just love what they do and and just that they reach him. And it's just cool for me to hear the story that you as a writer got asked to help with FCA camps. And that's what kind of helped further your, your faith and your walk. It makes you see something bigger. So that's, that's huge. So keep going FCA camp, you know, the, the family dynamic, are, are you living like with your mom or your dad at this point? What was going on? Oh uh, yeah. It was kind of a strange dynamic. My mom, uh, we live on her family's land, uh, before they were divorced, we put a little uh, little house up and everything. They got divorced. My mom actually moved out where her work was in Denton in an apartment. So I was still living at home, you know, and then at one point my dad couldn't afford it. So he moved out. And so there was kind of a gray area there where I honestly lived alone. Um, I say alone, like my grandma lives right next door. Like, but I, I was at the house kind of by myself mm. and I, I find that at all. But so I kind of flopped around. I always stayed in that in the home in Pilot Point. But, you know, my mom moved back in, my dad moved out. And um, while they, basically while they were figuring out what they were doing, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah, I always, that was one thing I always tried to make it apparent because I loved where we lived in Pilot Point. Uh, we had some some acreage I could ride. My grandma, grandpa lived next door. And so I was like, I don't care who goes to live where, what. I, I just want to make sure I'm staying here because I really like the area we were in. I had a couple friends at that time. And so yeah. that's kind of. Okay. So they, they kind of went to their things. Now, now you're doing your thing. You're doing FCA camps, you're starting to find the Lord and that's pushing into motocross. Tell us more about the, the journey. Yeah. And so, and on and honestly, so, uh, sorry, but to, to rewind a little bit, when I was 13, 14, I met a really good friend. He was actually, my train, he started training me to ride motocross at the time. His name was Bo Boynton. And uh, he's the one who kind of got me involved at FCA when I was older. He was like, hey, um, they, need a, they need a coach. It's super easy. Just a bunch of young kids. Just uh, give your two cents. And, uh, you know, I think it pays three, 400 bucks to come out for a handful of days. And you can ride, too. And I was like, man, that's awesome. Man, uh, so I kind of went for that aspect. And, 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 you know, on the back end, I opened my mind and I learned I learned a lot about you know, my faith and everything like that and trying to develop that. Um, at the time, Scott Willingham, I don't know if he still is, but he was running the FCA and it was cool to see people that were very successful at what they did and stopped what they were doing because they felt like this motorcycle camp was, was important on a, uh, you know, more important than these successful businesses they were running and stuff. Yep. And I was like, oh, there must be something to what these guys are saying, you know? Yeah. But um, the, the, they'd give up the world for the, for the kingdom stuff, right? Like it's, exactly. the, it's the first time to step away from the worldly riches and, and invest right. in the invest eternally. It's pretty cool. So, but uh, yeah. So, um, where was I? I was anyway. So kind of to fast forward, I did the FCA thing. And then, you know, when I was 18 or so, I was, I was, did all the amateur racing and all that. Um, but that's the cool thing I was kind of alluding to is, is I, I tried to start developing my faith, you know, just, I didn't read the Bible a whole lot, but I would try and, you know, listen to different sermons, whatever, just connect in, in a way I could. Yeah. 
or that I felt like I should and um, tried to pray every day, just was searching basically. And, um, but it was cool because I never had like, um, never really rode for a team or anything, but it was like, I'd be a few months away from racing and I'd have like a worn out motorcycle and could barely afford to practice. But it always seemed like if it was meant to be, you know, like I was always praying to go, to go, man, I want to race the motocross series or whatever. Um, and I would just work hard and kind of leave it up to, you know, God in a sense. And it seemed like I'd always have somebody come through to, um, I wanted to be a part of what I was doing. And so that's good. that was really cool. Um, and it seems like even to this day, um, that's kind of how it, that's kind of how it's been. You know, I turned, tried to turn pro when I was, I turned pro in 2014, I did one race and then 2015, I was going to do supercross and I actually had a team ride with a small team. So I was so excited and I actually fractured my back. And, uh, I was contemplating after that. Cause I like same situation, obviously you don't have any family money or anything. Um, didn't have really any motorcycles or anything like that. I was like, man, maybe I'll just, uh, I got to race that pro race. I'm going to go, maybe I'll just go to college and move on with my life, you know, and just to just kind of continue to pray about my goals, my dreams. And, um, I just couldn't, I couldn't give up on it. And it just seemed like there was, I had a couple sponsors pop through, Hey, we want you to ride this motorcycle. And it was always funny because I never would seek these people out. You know, it was like somebody, it was like, I would meet the right person and they were placed. I felt like strategically in my life to help me continue my journey. Yeah. That's a, so the other thing you said there that I want to go back to just for a second, is you said that you were starting to seek something out. I don't remember exactly how you said it, but you're, you're starting to pray. It wasn't like you, you were listening to sermons here and there. And, and for the listeners, you know, maybe there's a young man or young woman that's listening right now. Like that's all the more you need to start is to start. Like, I think, I think it's all too often. And I look back to me at a younger age and, you know, when there was those moments of curiosity about Jesus and about our, our savior. And, you know, we think that you have to pray in a certain way and like that, that, Oh, I don't know how to pray. I heard that we uh, we were in an ice cream shop right before the Supercross in Denver, and me and another pastor, and we actually this young girl working. It was a cookie shop. Somehow we got in the conversation of Jesus. We ended up leading this young girl to the Lord. But it started by asking if we could pray with her, and she said, "I would love that. I don't know how to pray." And so, don't know why I just brought that up, but I'm sure there's a reason. But what I'm getting at for the listeners is that. Just take starting, having a conversation. Like the Bible does tell us how to pray. Jesus left a great example of it. But for those out there that don't know that, just have a conversation with God. If that's once a day, twice a day, all day long, like it's your best friend. Like John started to have a conversation. He started to open up. He started to hear. He opened his mind. He started to learn and he started to walk. Just start walking with Jesus. So, just wanted to come back to that to, to drop something for the listeners. Maybe there's, once again, somebody who needs to hear that. And I love how you started to do that. Now you're starting to get further into praying more and saying, okay, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? Do I give up everything? Do I, do I head to college? You know, Or is this still? And you didn't just make a hard decision on yourself. It sounds like you worked at it and prayed at it and, and figured out where you're going. And now you're still going down this route. So, what happened with the back injury? How'd you break your back? Um, 
so uh, I was preparing to go race and I didn't have any motorcycles at the moment. You know, we were just getting some work done, motor stuff, suspension. And a friend of mine said, Hey, come ride my motorcycle for fun at the motocross track. You know, I had been preparing to race supercross and I just was like, yeah, I'll go to the local motocross track and ride. Uh, and it was just a motorcycle that wasn't set up for me. Um, pro racer. That's probably not really a good decision to go ride a vet style motor motocross bike. Cause you know, I was younger. I wasn't as experienced. And of course I was trying to ride it as fast as I could. And long story short, I lost the front and face first and everything kind of came up over me and it wasn't like a, a huge gnarly back injury but i just i fractured a vertebrae in my back uh, below my shoulder blades and hit my head really hard it was just probably probably one of the bigger impacts i'd taken you know right and it was kind of like not that far away from when we were going racing so it was kind of like wow well i kind of squandered that deal that was stupid i shouldn't have been riding it was almost like i had something in the back of my head telling me not to go anyway but um yeah just a just a fluke deal right so so from there so now you've prayed on it decided not to go to college what happens next um so actually that 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 team i was supposed to ride for um it was just a supercross deal and um i made a bunch of phone calls you know it seemed like i was kind of chasing a deal you know to go race and like i said i prayed about it and i just was like man don't know what to do and even talked to a couple friends that i respected and then actually that that team owner he was like well you know what you know we're not racing as a team but i'd love to just help you with a motorcycle or two that we already have and we'll just send you with a fuel card and uh in my in my in my son's box van and you can go race this summer and it was just kind of like too easy you know what i mean <laughs> like it like it doesn't happen like that it was just too easy and it was like well i guess we're going racing this summer you know and i guess we'll we'll postpone uh life after racing for a minute and right. um and that was like was a local like, texas team that did that uh yeah it was actually a friend of mine um Chris Morris's father was putting a supercross team together. Um, it's and Todd Hansen. It was um, uh, HRT Hansen Racing Team and ACM Services was the uh, title sponsor. Um, so yeah, it was really just a friend of mine's dad was making a provision for his son and myself to go racing. He put a team together. Um, See, so yeah, I was a local Texas team and. Uh, but yeah, so that really opened up a full a whole experience because I'm not a very confident person. A lot of times, like if my ability's here, I see myself here, and I have to exceed that expectation to go. Oh wow, you know I'm capable of more. So I got to go race ten outdoor nationals or nine outdoor nationals, you know, out of the van and drive to them, and uh, got to it's kind of like my first, I guess road trip across the country and uh actually had some pretty good results that was like oh wow man i can i can you know do this like i've always oh you know i had that plan and that four-year plan in my head when i was 13 or whatever um and i saw myself doing it but it didn't happen like that right that wasn't god's plan for me it happened a different way so yeah i love that your your plan versus his plan which which way is this gonna go so now, so you're actually riding the pro class. You're doing you're doing nine outdoor nationals at that point in time. 
big confidence builder? I mean, how did, how did that work out at the races for you? Because I, I, I love the fact you mentioned that maybe you see yourself at a lower level than than what you may actually be. Did that help boost confidence throughout that whole round? Oh, 100%, because um, at that point, that's my first real series to race. And I'm on the, the starting gate. A, I qualified for the first one, and I was like, oh, wow, you know. And then um, I, I did the first race, and I actually scored a couple points, you know, top 20 or whatever in the 450 class. You know, I went and raced the 450 class. I didn't even race the lights class. So, But I'm on the gate with guys that I've idolized as a child. You know, there's – I think Chad Reed was racing at the time, Ryan Sipes, James Stewart, and, you know, Will Hahn, Matt LeMoyne. Like, it was just – yeah. every night gate I knew, but it wasn't from racing them. It was from watching them on TV. So. Right it's like I had to establish my level of confidence. Like, well, I can race with some of these guys, you know, versus going, Oh, there's all these names I look up to. I'm somewhere down here, right. you know? And obviously that, that just comes from as a racer experience and, and, and just believing in yourself and, and that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. That's good. So, so, I always try to get the, the timeline. How old are you at this when you did that round? See, that was 2015. Um, sorry, I'm going to do a little math here. I was 21. Okay. And I, I still hadn't raced Supercross at that point. So that was, I'd raced local pro a couple years. And then I did that race in 14. This is 15. I'm 21 years old. And um, yeah, that was that was my first experience with the motocross series. So, so, to, so after 2015, 21 years old, go through that. What happens next? And wait, where's where's your walk with the Lord at this point? Because we went through FCA, you've gone through some praying. These things keep dropping in your lap, like yeah, yeah, manna yeah. from so heaven. Kind of one of those deals, like where I I I would pursue it, and then I would kind of maybe everything was going really good, and I'd kind of forget forget about it. You know, I would I would starting to read the Bible. I was in it. I was really just like I trained diligently. I was really trying to go, okay, every morning I'm going to do this, this, and this and pray. And it wasn't, it wasn't so much that, uh, I think I, I was trying to do it kind of like a regimen versus maybe just, you know, having the relationship still, you know what I mean? Yep. But I was making that effort and I was really trying to, to connect and, 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 just those you what I thought I should do. So, yeah. but you're moving that direction. So, okay. So we get done with 2015. Yeah. And where so do we I'm, go from there? Yep. Moving to, uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I want to race Supercross. And, um, 2016, I was, I was doing Supercross kind of on my own. Uh, just, I've always kind of done just a private program, I guess you could say, people that want to support. Um, and that was kind of my, I had that confidence from 15. And then, um, but Supercross was a whole nother animal. You know, I had a couple months of riding Supercross in my entire 20, 21, 22 years of life. And, uh, man, I definitely didn't meet my expectations at all. You know, I didn't make a main event until the very last race. And that was kind of like, kind of a hit in the side a little bit. Like, man, I, whew, it was rough looking. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think you could even ask my friends and the people around me, like they'd watch me ride. And of course they're all going to try and build your confidence up. But if you ask them now, they were like, Oh man, yeah, I didn't think you were cut out for Supercross." <laughs> 
Yeah, that's good, man. And and to think about that, I mean, I I don't personally know, but I mean, for those that maybe are listening and don't understand the differences, like what what are some of those differences between motocross and supercross and what makes it so hard to adapt? Well, and it's, it's really, it's almost two different sports. Like, yeah, you're racing a motorcycle, but it's way ones and ones in left field, ones in right field. Um, the biggest difference is just, it's such tight racing. The track's only so wide. The intensity is through the roof because it's such a short race. But at the same time, the track is just gnarly. It's not, there's nothing you work up to on that track. It's like, that's why you see guys in like free practice. The first practice of the day, they go out there in the first lap, they just hit all the jumps and ride the track. Like they've been riding it for years. Right. Because you can't roll something or jump out and build up. It's just, it's your bike has to be dialed in. You physically have to be dialed in. You can't fake anything about it. Right. You know, it, you're either prepared or you're not. Um, where motocross, one thing about it is everything you do on a motorcycle is basically motocross racing, turn tracks, woods riding, you know, like your whole life, you basically ride motocross. So it's second nature. Right. And then you throw a guy in a stadium on a 50 second closed course. And it's like, wow, that's not, I've never ridden this. I've never even raced arena cross, you know? So, um, and that's why you see, I think nowadays kids are starting to practice supercross at 11 years old, even if it's a very tamed down rendition right. of it. Yep. Definitely. And that's, I mean, supercross is a full commit. You, you got <laughs> to send it. <laughs> Yeah, right? no, yeah, yeah, there's there's no halfway. Like if you roll a lap on the supercross track, you set your day back a full practice session. Like if you yeah. don't just go out there and hammer the whoops, hit the triples, jump the lanes, like first lap you're on the track, you've already set yourself back. So it's 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 crazy. It's yeah. And it's the guys, elite. Yeah, for sure. Yep, the best of the best. So you get through that season, and now what What happens next? When do you go to the next round of Supercross? So, uh, yeah, so I was – I was. I'm a pretty determined guy, right? Like, I wanted – that's something I really wanted to do. Um, so, I did I did the – out. Uh, see, 16. I didn't do any outdoor nationals that year. I did, I think, two. I, I broke my wrist in Supercross at the end of Supercross. So, um, that was kind of a bummer, you know. I had a little bit of confidence from the year before. Um and so I just set my, my sights on that 17 Supercross season. And it seems like 2017 was a huge building year for me. It was like I got a taste of it. And I realized what I needed to be better at, obviously. You learn everything you do. So I I, I rode, 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 basically all offseason on Supercross. And uh, I had a lot better experience, I guess you could say. Because um, when sometimes when you watch a guy ride Supercross, he's riding the track. He could go ride for 20 minutes, right? If you're not comfortable, you see guys do one lap, two lap at a time, tensed up and they can't ride it. anymore. like, I felt like I was riding, riding supercross. So, um, made a few more mains in 17, still missed out on a few, but it was more like lack of execution, not lack of ability and speed per se, you know, so it was yeah. a different mindset. I was frustrated that I wasn't making the mains or meeting my goals versus going, wow, my, I'm nowhere near where my goals are. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it seems like from, I don't know, from 16 to say these next, these next couple seasons, my, my, my walk was kind of the same. Um, it was kind of just, uh, 
kind of up and down, right? I'd, I'd kind of fall off. And when I say fall off, it was never like I was straying off the path as far as going out and partying or doing anything like that. But it's still the same, you know, I would just oh. kind of get with where I was at. Yeah. And I think often like when things are going good in our life, that's the, you know, when you're, when your life is great, it's like, you don't need God anymore. So the, the practice yeah. is learning that you need God every single day and things are good because of him. So we need to honor him. Right. But that's uh that's something that's human nature again, right? Things are going good for you. So you start straying off and then maybe it gets a little tough. So you, you pull back in and you stay there for a while. And I think that's natural for a lot of humans for sure. We're all humans. We're all flawed. We all fall short. So as you walk through now, we're, we're coming into, you know, where are we, where are we timeline wise? When did you get married? Tell us about that. Say it again. Some point in time you got married along there. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, let's see. Uh, so actually I met my wife when I was 18, actually. Um, she, her family was raced. So I kind of jumped right over that. But um, I met her when I was 18 and she didn't live very close. So it wasn't like, I guess, your traditional relationship where you're just, just always together. You know, it was, uh, I would see her on the weekends or once a month or something. She didn't go with me to the races. So it was kind of more like a friendship, you know, yep. we just developed a friendship over the years. And, um, and then, uh, she graduated college and went to some of the races with me, you know, say 2017, 18, and was my mechanic at some of them, you know, and got, we got to achieve a level of success at some races together, you know, there you go. and you know, we were, we were young, but we were kind of a team, you know, it was cool. Cause she believed in me, but, um, yeah, it's always good to so have. let's just say jump into 18. I had those couple turbulent, turbulent years of kind of trying to figure things out. And, uh, I was actually from the end of 2018, I, I had to have wrist surgery, you know, kind of same boat I'm in now and was in a cast from September until December. So didn't do any riding all off season. Um, so I rode about seven times before the East coast opener in Dallas. Um, but what I did do before that was, um, I really tried to hone in on the mental side of things and, you know, goal set, meditate and just like visualize what I wanted to do on the track and visualize the person I wanted to be visualized, just did a lot of that, you know, a lot of soul searching, a lot of that kind of stuff. And, um, that was actually kind of what jump started me. Like, had I not done any good that season, I probably would have moved on. And what I year is this? This 2018 This in 2018. Okay. So I went to the opener in Dallas, my home race, uh, qualified out of the LCQ and then got 10th in the main. And that was my career best at that time actually ran in the top five for a while. It was like one of those nights that I felt like it wasn't supposed to happen. I wasn't supposed to do that well or ride that well. Um, just a bunch of things clicked and I almost feel like, you know, um, there's somebody watching over me a little bit, you know, like I, um, it was just cool. It really gave me this much confidence, you know, like, right. It was the boost you needed at the beginning of the year. My head didn't think I'd even make the main event as much as I told myself, you know? Right. And, uh, and it was like halfway through the LCQ, I just started riding like a whole nother person. Right. And uh, going into the start on the main, there was kind of a, a little bit of chaos. And I, I came out like second, you know, and I'm like, you know, I've only made a couple main events out of the 
10 or 12 I tried, you know? So I was like, holy, holy smokes. This is like, it's crazy, yep. you know, in front of my hometown, you know? And, um, so you ended with your, your Dallas home track and basically said, holy smokes, I can do this. You wrote out of your mind. So let's pick up right there. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was basically like a, a really cool experience. I haven't, I never had had the opportunity to, to have that feeling of being at the front of the pack in a main event, uh, racing for, you know, top positions. And, um, so it kind of just set the tone for the rest of the series. Uh, I had a couple more good rides and got 10th, 10th overall in the points that year in the East. And, um, and it was super cool. Um, you know, it was kind of one of those deals where, where you're kind of like, uh, you're, you're on, on the top a little bit, you know, mentally, you know, and you maybe you don't, you don't need, you don't need God at that time. Right. And then I, I had a small injury and didn't get to race much of the motocross series. So it was kind of like now I'm back, back, back down, you know, kind of, yeah. so uh, it's kind of crazy how that works. You kind of are blessed with, with an awesome experience or opportunity. And then you kind of have to get grounded a little bit. Yeah. The highs and the lows. Right. But just, just keep walking. Just, just keep walking with them. So this is 2020, 20, 2018. Yep. So fast forward. So, so obviously we're still going, we're in 2022. We just watched you race uh, in Denver. How was the, I mean, how, how did the rest of those years go? You continue to do supercross every year. Obviously there's no, nothing yeah. in COVID year, right? Uh, yeah, there was, and kind of, yeah, long story short, it was just a gradual progression. And, and, um, that, that next season, 2019 was, was probably more of a breakout season for me. Um, had numerous top tens in the outdoor national series in the 450 class, the seventh at Millville, um, really kind of cemented in my mind that I belong as, as a, as a top racer. Like, Hey, I, I if I apply myself, um, I believe like I can do, I can achieve my goals if I, if I approach it the correct way. And so, um, kind of had that mindset 20 kind of back at square one, once COVID hit, you know, the funding went away, the mechanic got let go, um, that kind of deal. And so, kind of back like dang what do, what do i do you know um do i still have an opportunity to race you know and um and so leading into 20 2021 that following year i didn't really do any out i did i did one or two outdoor nationals that summer um one with the team just at a small scale just um but i got the opportunity to go train with jeremy martin that summer and for a bit that was really cool kind of opened my eyes to what my capability was right like sometimes you think you're putting everything you have out there and then you realize like you got a whole nother gear you know or there's a whole nother level of work to be done or whatever it is on any different in business anything like that uh but crashed before i could ever go race knocked myself out um all that good stuff so didn't really have any opportunities the team was gone that fall going into 21 and was like man what you know? What am I gonna do? Can I still go race? Do I have an opportunity to go race? You know, and just kind of went back to that same old deal. Just prayed about it and um, kind of just left the decision up to God. Apparent, really. And um, the Suzuki was going through a re kind of restructuring their whole deal, losing losing their budget, et cetera. And they had a small lights program. And I actually ended up getting the opportunity to go to California, ride with with this, the Barrex Suzuki team that year and uh, last year and um 
had some really good results with those guys. The cool part was I got to experience the side of racing that I'd never experienced. I got to go to California. I got to ride the factory test tracks. Um, kind of that lifestyle of like, hey, I'm here to ride. Okay, here's your bike. It's running. You know, nice. I'd never had that before. You know, that was like, man, I could get used to this. You know, I can like focus on racing instead of the other stuff. You know, I can be an athlete. Oh, yeah. Um and that, that was just a super cross only deal. And I had numerous top tens. Um, I actually did separate my shoulders. So I missed a few rounds, but, um, I was super cross only and never materialized in anything else. And, um, and so I went back, it's like, man, I'm not, I'm not quite ready to be done with it, you know? Yeah. And so this, this off season was like a big, you know, especially with COVID and then, you know, shortage of motorcycles, et cetera. Um, dealerships aren't just willing to give motorcycles out because they can sell it for so yeah. much money right now and they don't get a lot of them. So that was a big deal was overcoming. And how do I just get what I need to go race? Just a couple motorcycles and Jones power sports was able to help me. But uh, long story short, I just, um, a little bit of a change in myself. Like I went from seeking that result. That's, that was the only thing I'm thinking about of like when good things happened like oh i did get the support to go race in 2022 i did find a different avenue i learned a few things like being grateful for that like not that i wasn't ever grateful but like understanding when things are going good uh be full of gratitude i guess you could say like yep. don't just fall off the wagon and man be grateful and and pray and pray to god about how grateful you are for the things he's put in your life and uh I just felt like, um, like that kind of helped me maintain a level of joy this year. Um, yeah. Being able to recognize that. Right. And that's, that's just a maturity step, right. As you continue to walk out the walk, you know, now you're, you're seeing not just you, but you're seeing what he did for you. You're seeing how you got to that point. So that's, that's huge, man. That's a great growth thing. Yeah. And it really helped me to enjoy what I was doing where in years past, it was always like, Okay, this was my, it was always based on a result, like my self-worth, like, okay, this was the result. Well, I should have been here, you know, this is what I did. I should have been here. I'm mad about it, you know, versus taking it for what it is, learning from it and then putting it to the side and being John Short and being happy with who he is, my being, not my self-worth being based on my motorcycle. And um, that's something that I kind of, I guess have grown to understand and, and was a lot better about this year. And then, like I said, just, just, yeah, really being grateful for the things that are going on and being vocal about it. And, and it helped me to maintain that level of joy versus always being frustrated. Um, just head down. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to enjoy yeah. where you're at. And where you're- Absolutely. Take, take, take lime, time to live in it. Right. To, to relish in the moment that you're you're blessed to be in. So, man, it is so good to capture your story here today. One of the things I do towards the end of the podcast, I always ask if there's one thing that you want to tell the listeners, one thing you want to leave them with, what's one thing you just want them to take home about Jesus and, and walking with that? Um, I would say it's something that I, I've learned. Sometimes you feel um, maybe you have fallen off a little bit or whatever, and you maybe feel like, or you've done you've done some things that you don't think are uh, of of Christ, you know, uh, or what what being a Christian's all about, you know, is feeling like you can't 
like you're ashamed or you can't go talk to can't go talk to God, can't go pray. Like those are the moments where it's like, no, just go, just like you said earlier, just start, just go do it. Start over. Just, um, just seek him out. Like, cause I promise he's, he's just waiting on you. You know what I mean? Yep. He's there. That's awesome. That's such simple, such a simple thing, but so many people get caught in that, right? Like where we're ashamed, we got to realize that we're forgiven, right? It doesn't mean we want to go keep making that same mistake, but we're forgiven. And, and yeah, he loves us and he just wants to be with us. So man, John, thank you so much for doing this with us today, man. A couple technical difficulties. We got through it. So thankful to to be part of your racing this year and, and, and looking forward to what's coming next year. You, obviously you're healing now, so probably not much outdoor stuff this year, but hoping to be part of something bigger for Supercross next year. Maybe Fast Life can be riding with you the whole way. We'll see we'll see what we can work out. But, man, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, thank you guys for everything. It's a great, I'm glad I got to meet you guys. And that's a, uh, it's kind of a, a unique, a cool friendship Mitchell through Mitchell Gifford. So yeah, yeah no. So once again, you, you knew somebody who knew somebody who got us somewhere and it's, let's just keep networking for Jesus, man. Let's just keep going. So appreciate you, John, for all the listeners, you know, check out, uh, what's your, what's your Instagram and Facebook so they can find you uh, across all my platforms. It's at John short 43 at John Short 43 and obviously fastlifeministries.com if anybody would like to jump on board to uh, help support this ministry keep moving forward share this episode or any of the other episodes listeners if there's somebody out there that needs to hear John's short story please share the podcast and let's just keep going God bless John thank you so much for being with us and all the listeners will hear you next week <laughs>